Kaz, did you did you realize that the podcast world is growing bigger? Not every month, not every week, but every day. And Himalaya, they want to help you navigate it. Did you realize that? It's true. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future faves. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free, it's the easiest to use, and they are adding cool new features every day. Go to your app store, download Himalaya, that's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, and don't forget to follow Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries once you're there. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 136 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Saturday. Uh, what? January, February, March, April 13th, 2019. My name is Josh Cannon. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Brown. And that's what's so great about doing your own podcast is you can literally fuck the date up and have to look in your head. And I see it's 4-13-2019 in the corner of my computer. And I can literally go January, February, March, April. Okay, it's April. Yeah, you know, I don't have to be. <laughs> there's no, prof- this is the wild west of entertainment, folks, the podcast sphere, because you can be as unprofessional as me and Mike and still have a shot at getting people to yeah. listen to you and making and money s- from sponsors. Yeah. And speaking of wild west, that is what our uh, topics uh, for this podcast will be centered around. Oh, is the wild, wild west. we got a rip roaring, rooting, tooting, scooting, badooting podcast for you from the it's wild the west cast. <laughs> Get off my land. Yeah, that's right. And not only is it an outlaw podcast, but it is a traditional Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries podcast in the sense that both of these cases are from the cult classic Unsolved Mysteries because it's and been there early uh, from early seasons. Oh, yeah. So it's They're even for better. the first three seasons. Yeah, we haven't fucked with Unsolved Mystery and Unsolved Mysteries episode. Uh, let me check my timeline here. Jeez. Uh, episode 131 with Carolyn Killaby and Dee Dee Rosenthal, which my heart was not in that episode. So honestly... Uh, I haven't been uh, since 129, John Bonet and Claudia Kershawk. Uh-huh. I haven't been engaged. But for this one, I am engaged. Mainly because um, the Billy the Kid segment, uh, bro, oh, good old brushy Bill, um, that, was, that came off of the Un- Unsolved Mysteries Ultimate Collection box set. and I Strange kinda- Legends, right? Yeah, that's right. Strange Legends. And I feel like any segment that comes off uh, comes off the Ultimate Collection is kind of like holds a special place in my heart personally because there was those those dry dry years for unsolved mysteries fans where you had no way of accessing the show unless you were really crafty on the internet. So for me, the ultimate collection. Well, I mean, you could see there were some stuff on YouTube, but usually it's like grainy, and there was that one file that was floating around that was just horrible in terms of picture quality. Yeah, and that's if you knew to search YouTube for unsolved yeah. mysteries, which a lot of people didn't, because YouTube wasn't as big as it is now. It's not as you daily motion. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this ultimate, the ultimate collection, the DVDs, whatever, that was like my lifeline to keep to carry me through like 2009 until. Well, hell, like a few years ago, you know, really. So, I mean, yeah. like eight years of, a of you know. And so we both played a part 
in uh, the show coming back. <laughs> yeah, right. I am not going to pat myself on the back for that one. I, I highly doubt we had anything to do with that. I, I, I said, I'm not saying like, like we definitely like 100%. I mean, just a tiny bit. Like we did help bring exposure a little bit more for, for the, for the show. I I feel like we, we, we would have had some, we would have had to have because they I mean we pissed we pissed John Cosgrove and Terry Moyer the executive producers of the show we pissed them off enough to where their lawyer sent us a, sent me a letter yeah so yeah I mean we had to have had some some kind of something they're looking at this going hey this podcast you know they got a Patreon page they're making money off of our IP you know like. Not only yes, let's sue them, but also I don't know if we had Patreon back then. No, we? that's the whole reason why they sent us the letter was because that part of the complaint was that we were we were oh we did okay, making sorry. money off yeah <laughs> we just so <laughs> yeah we started Patreon like probably like the tenth or fifteenth episode in oh, okay. I feel like or maybe the twentieth yeah. episode yeah and our pay and and the amount of uh, Patreon donors we had in the beginning is is about around maybe a little bit more. Uh, we have a little bit more now, but not a lot more. Our Patreon page is just a, a, a it's, it's like the 98 pound weakling. Well, part of it is just our part. It's, it's, it's you know, a lot of it's our fault. So, yeah, know. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm just, I view Patreon as like, if you do want to get the podcast early, that's how you mm -hmm. can do it. If you do want some occasional bonus material, then you can do it. If you feel like supporting us financially in any way, you can do it there. And that's, I, I don't really view it as like, uh, yeah, I, no. I try not. No, to we're not. We're not looking at Patreon as like, oh my god, we need it to feed you know yeah, our stomachs. Yeah, you no, know? that's no, what the advertisements are bills. for. That's what the advertisements <laughs> are for that you're hearing a lot more of. That's what my job is for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so before we get into all these these uh, these two delicious segments, um, I, I you know I, that's how long it's been because I didn't have a job for so long. <laughs> Back when that happened, like the whole uh, gag on Patreon was like, oh, hey. Kick some bucks to so Mike can afford, you know, to buy a new mic and, you know, hey, well, get some income. <laughs> I mean, I know, yeah, it did definitely help you in those those uh yeah those lean times. You yes, know, it did. It, it helped you buy a VHS tape here and there. <laughs> but now, nah, before we go on into these segments, I I will give people an update on my health because I feel like I kind of brought up a big. Oh, it wasn't a tumor. It was it's not a tumor. It was not a tumor. <laughs> it was not a mass. It was not a swollen lymph node. Yeah, man. I fuck. It was just a muscle knot, dude. When I did this podcast <laughs> last week, I was just in the very beginnings of like doing the tests and and having to schedule doctor's appointments and shit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know, man. But the the days that preceded the podcast last week, I was just, in it. I was I was losing. You were a nervous wreck. I was a nervous wreck. I really was a nervous wreck. I was losing my shit. I was I was not able. I was literally not able to enjoy anything. Uh, it, it, I totally was overreacting. I had made up in my mind that 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 the because I had a lump in my shoulder. And lumps are scary; they can be. And I had already yeah. made up in my mind that it was probably some form of cancer because no other, there's no other way. There's a hard lump in your shoulder that's not a cancer lump. That's that was my thinking at the time. 
Which was, well, that was a mistake on your part. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Well, okay. yeah. I, I was, I, I was even telling you back then. I'm like, you know, you know, try to look at the bright side. You know, look at maybe it's not what you think it is. And dude, everyone <laughs> was telling me that it's that it was probably yeah. nothing. But the thing that 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 pissed me off was nobody knew for sure. The doctor didn't know. Nobody knew for sure. Well, yeah. So I got a cat scan of it. Um, what when was it? I think it was Wednesday. Hmm. Yeah, it was Wednesday. I got the cat, or no, it was Thursday. I don't fucking, yeah. I don't remember when it was. Either Wednesday or Thursday <laughs> of of this last week here. It was sometime last week. It was sometime last week. I got a cat scan. <laughs> and I went in there, and I, you know, again, I'm just feeling like they wanted me to get a sonogram. They couldn't find out what the problem was. Now they're having me get a cat scan. They're elevating the intensity of the scans here. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this is, there's no way that this is going to be a good sign. And, um, well, I mean, to speak on that, I, I can I can speak from experience, um, not with like a, a lump or anything, but after I got hit by a car uh, and I went, you know, they did more CT scans and stuff on me as well. And they were talking about, uh, my spleen. And I remember like freaking out at that moment. Like, what, what, what about my spleen? What are you talking about, my spleen? <laughs> what's, what's wrong with my spleen? <laughs> and uh, then you know they, they did everything. Everything was fine. It was just, it was just bruised. That's it. I was all right. What that have to do? So, <laughs> what that have to do with CT scans? Well, they, they had to do an extra sort of scan to check it out. Oh, well, to I double got you. check to make sure things were uh, not. Uh, not bad, you know, that I was just a, a bruise or a little bit of an abrasion. It wasn't like torn or, or ready to, to burst or anything. Yeah, so I so. went in there, I got the scan. They had to inject me with iodine, which was crazy. Because I thought yeah. I, I thought iodine was like a poison. No, it's not. It, it's 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 just, it's a dye. It can be poisonous though. Yeah, it can be in, in high amounts, but but she like sticks me and she's like, yeah, so I'm going to inject you with this iodine and yep. you're going to feel a, a flushing feeling. Uh-huh. You're going to feel a warmth go out through your body. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, it's fr- it's freaky. And I'm just like, I'm like, oh, this is just great. This is just great. Now I'm getting injected with something that's going to go through my fucking circulatory system and it's going to fucking, <laughs> you know, make me feel weird and. Then she did it. And you're already feeling weird enough yeah, as it is. Yeah, so as if I'm just... not already fucked up enough as it is. And then, like, I'm looking, I'm um, Googling. And first of all, first thing, first, man, like, guys, never Google anything. Like, never Google your, yes. your fucking symptoms. Don't WebMD. Do not go to WebMD. Yeah. No WebMD. No WebMD. Because every single thing i was reading about the whole every step of the way from my symptoms yeah. to the to the uh you know types of cancer even to the procedure with the ct yeah. scan even to the you know oh they use contrast which is what the uh-huh. iodine solutions called it's of like course. they use that yeah. to see if the uh, tumor is if if the blood is feeding the tumor which means it's even more cancerous and this that, and the other and, yeah. and I'm just like, oh my fuck! They're using the iodine stuff because they know it's a tumor, and they're not telling me because they're trying to keep me from freaking out, man. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? I can't fucking deal with this shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I went and did all that, and then I just worried like a motherfucker and had to go and do all my gigs, had to go and do my job. I'm just which imagining fucking... you just like sweating like buckets, dude. I was, I was like, I, 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 I normally. Not a very sweaty person, but yeah, like I was, yeah. con- I was like constantly, like those, uh, 
like those cartoons where like you know just like these like you know <laughs> beads of sweat you know just <laughs> perspiration just yeah it, so it's it was it was really um it was it was just fucking a pain in the ass so thursday night I'm at my gig and I'm like, I don't know. I just had this kind of epiphany. I was like, let me search muscle knots one more time on the internet. Yeah. Let me let me just do a second search and really look up what this is. And I'm reading yeah, instead of doing cancer, you know, yeah, look up muscle yeah, knots. Yeah, and I'm more, reading yeah. up on muscle knots, and it, it was just like they usually form from poor posture and standing in the same spot for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, kind of like my poor posture and standing in the same spots for uh -huh. hours at a time every week at my DJ gigs. The or like me when I'm doing, I'm a, a cashiering at work. So, yeah. Yeah. The second <laughs> thing, it was like, you can also get them from staring down a, a, a lot, like say at a cell phone. And I'm like, oh, kind of how I'm constantly staring down at my laptop at my DJ gigs. <laughs> and then it's saying you can get them from repetitively repetitive motion of lifting heavy things. Oh, like me lifting my heavy speakers off and onto the poles yeah. at my DJ gigs. And then I told you it was a muscle knot. <laughs> and then it says the most common place that muscle knots form are in the trapezius muscles on the shoulder, shoulder, which is exactly <laughs> where my bumps uh -huh. are. So the more I started reading, I was like, dude, these are fucking muscle knots. There's no way that it. Yeah. And I started looking up cancer symptoms, fever, night sweats, uh -huh. unexplained weight loss or weight gain. Also, I'm none like, of that. not none of this is happening to me. So why am I? Why am I insisting that this is the no, worst thing? Because your brain just decided to be, you know, dumb. Yeah, you know, that, that's why. It was quite dumb indeed. So. So I almost had relief before I even got the call, but I still wanted to get the call. So the call happened the next day. The doctor said, I've got great news. No mass, no tumor, no nothing. It's just normal tissue in that area. Yeah. And I still wanted to be like, you know, what is it there? What is this lump? Cause it's it, just a muscle knot. <laughs> and, and I even, I was like, so, do you, you know, do you think it's a muscle knot? And she's like, it, it could be, it could be. But they said there was nothing abnormal there. And she's like, it, you know, if it gets larger, whatever, you know, let us know. And I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, I'm going to talk to you fuckers ever again. But yeah, so, I mean, I don't, I still don't know what the fuck it is. My best guess is it's a muscle knot. I might go to a, a massage go, therapist. Yeah, go, yeah, and then they'll massage it out and then you would be like, oh my God, what? Yeah, I might do that because, it, you know, my shoulders do cause me pain when I, you know, hold my arms up for yeah, long Yeah, that'd probably be a good idea then. Yeah. I mean, if it's it's bothering you that much. I mean, they get... So the lesson here, folks, is uh, don't freak out, you know. It, 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 don't automatically assume the worst with when it comes to uh, your body. It, it doesn't mean that... that that is going to be the case. Well, I'm a fucking hypochondriac, first of all. Well, so. I, yeah, that's what I think. You know, and everyone's different. Uh, I remember, though, like, I think anyone will be a hypochondriac if they read at WebMD. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. just stay away from WebMD or medical journal. Because I remember when I was a kid, my grandmother, she was a nurse for many years. So she had a medical journal. And well, I don't know, for some reason, decided to read it one time. And I got all freaked out and anxious. And my grandmother then took the book away from me and is like, no, you're fine. Give me that. <laughs> Don't read this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've been, I've been, um, I'd be like me. I'd be like, Oh my God, canker sores. I've been walking around. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not looking up that. No way. I've been walking around lately telling everybody that, Hey, 
I'm a survivor of hypo <laughs> of hypochondriatic cancer. Okay. <laughs> so that's kind of insensitive. Some people look oh, no. at it. But, it's you know. totally insensitive, but it's kind of funny at the same time. So those people need to develop a little bit tougher of a show. I, th- I think I think you should just be like, I'm a survivor of hypochondria. <laughs> and some people might be like, what's that? That's not even funny, though. I'm a survivor of hypochondria. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of funny, but hypochondriatic cancer, because that actually sounds like a... Anyway, I'm having to explain the joke now, killing any kind of funny this, that might have been there. Anyway, um, all right, what what do we got? What do I have to tell you guys before we get into these cases? Um, I guess if you want to join our Facebook group, which you should, it's totally a fun, awesome group. All the cool kids are doing it, and there's some really uh, very pertinent content in there. If you're fans of this podcast that I can't tell you about, go to Facebook.com, go to the group section, and search "Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries," and you'll you should be able to find our group. We're gonna ask you a few questions just to make sure you're not a spam bot or some kind of operative working for uh john and terry uh or a thought robot a thought robot oh is that the is that those porno chicks who add you on facebook and you go to their account and it's like one Uh they got like one profile picture and they're always advertising about porn yeah yeah yeah. thought bot that's pretty funny you know what's you know what's (laughs) even funnier is uh i will uh they'll pop up from time to time on my facebook and i love looking at the people who have accepted her friend yeah. request and they're always these just pathetic ass looking dudes who mm-hmm. like <laughs> are just hoping against hope that this is this might be a real person you know like it, uh, sometimes i've it's sad sometimes i see mutual friends on there and i'm like really yeah, so do i i'm like really so do I. yeah you know andy you really accepted her friend request <laughs> you dumbass like wow that's sad yeah. all right so um the first case we're going to talk about is the case of Brushy Bill Roberts. Uh, this is a case I've, I've been wanting to talk about. I thought we did, but, you know. Or Billy the Kid? Bill, Billy the Kid. Hey, Billy the Kid did what he did, and then he died. Or some would have you to believe. Uh, so, Billy the Kid was easily the most notorious desperado of the Wild West. He reportedly killed 21 men, one for every year of his young life. His pretty badass, actually. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I don't know. I think it's kind of douchey, honestly. But it is douchey. But I'm just talking about like in terms of like you know, in terms of you know, a lot of people they look at like these characters. This is called Mike's backpedal, where he has to pedal out of <laughs> saying it was cool to kill people. Well, not everyone that, that might have been killed by Bill the Kid was, like, innocent. You hear this, guys? You, know? you hear the backpedaling? Man, it's loud. It's like a bicycle <laughs> right in my ear. Bicycle pedal. So, uh, history tells us that the kid <laughs> was born William Bonney in New York City in 1859. He later fought against rich ranchers in the Lincoln County Cattle War in New Mexico. See, Mike? See? See, rich ranchers, they could be That's bad. That's what I'm saying. A lot of these people were assholes. Now, <laughs> if you're if you're a, a liberal, you're going to think that rich ranchers are bad because you don't believe in capitalism. That was my <laughs> su- kind of Rush Limbaugh impersonation. Or Alex Jones? No, you know, Alex, Rush Jones. Alex Jones would be, would be well, he's a, you know, if you're against rich ranchers, it's because uh, you're a... Liberal Nazi capitalists. Actually, no, Nazis are the are the right. He would call you a socialist, or communist, whatever. You have to be like a certain weight and a certain age to do a good <laughs> Alex Jones impression. Like I'm too, I'm too like underweight and not old man enough to do a good 
Like you, I just think of I, I just think of the memes, you know, with you know the frogs and everything. Like you had to have eaten you at know? least like fifty steaks <laughs> by the time you have to be like forty five years old, have eaten like fifty steaks in the last year, like have at least yeah. one clogged artery and be like a white like a, a white guy, and then you might be able to do yeah. a good Alex Jones impression. So for for me, another thing why why I mentioned I, I guess I just get. When I think of Billy the Kid, I don't think of Brushy Bill. I don't think of this segment. I think of Young Guns. I think of Emilio Estevez. And he is a badass in those movies. Ah, do you hear that squeaking so, sound? Guess, Mike, please apply some WD-40 to the pedals in your in your bicycle. <laughs> the pedaling, the squeakiness is getting loud. No, I just want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride my bike. Okay. I wonder if people, I wonder if Star Wars fans hate Queen because in that song, Freddie Mercury says, and I don't like Star Wars. I wonder if, if he's a di- disavowed. No, because there's actually a scene, there's a picture where Freddie Mercury is on top of Darth Vader's shoulders. Like, that's actually oh, a picture. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, this is this is like a classic episode for us because we have definitely gotten off topic like a motherfucker already in the first few sentences of this case. Just keep mentioning backpedaling. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, he fought against rich ranchers in Lincoln County, Cattle War in New Mexico, and he was given a death sentence for ki- killing Sheriff William Bradley. According to Brady, Brady, sure. Yeah, it is Brady. You're right. I can't read. According to most sources, Lincoln County Sheriff Pat Garrett was eager to collect the $500 bounty on Billy the Kid. In July of 1881, he tracked down Billy in Fort Sumner, New Mexico, and killed him. And this was a segment from season one. So there was a budget behind the reenactments here. And you could definitely tell. Yeah, I'm trying to get a, a a calculator here to see how much money five hundred dollars. Although was. the kid, the actor who played Billy the Kid, was not a very good actor at all. No, he he really wasn't. Um, in the scene where he's like, where he hears a noise or whatever, and he goes out to see what it is, he doesn't seem like a badass. He's like, he's like, who's there? Like he's yeah. he seems kind of <laughs> scared. Like, kind Billy the bitch is, is a better is a, is a better way to put it. <laughs> Item for oh, okay, hold on. Uh, if if in eighteen eighty one I purchased an item for five hundred dollars, then in two thousand nineteen, okay, it's not telling me. Let's try nineteen hundred. I really want to see how much five hundred dollars was back in. It would be a lot of money. Not available. What do you mean not? Okay, let's do nineteen twenty. Okay, so in nineteen twenty, that five hundred dollars would be six thousand three hundred and fifty five. So then you go back. 30 years even previous, probably around $10,000, $500. Or even more than that. Yeah, or even more than that. So that's that's a pretty hefty bounty. So history also tells us that Billy was buried the following day in a simple grave. But now some people say history is wrong, that Billy wasn't the man in the grave. 68 years after Billy's death, a man from Texas named Brushy Bill Roberts claimed he was and Billy the Kid. And it's specifically uh, Eco, Texas. So, what I found kind of ironic about Eco Texas is that on on the on the the tagline for for the town, which that's essentially what it is, it, it says a place where everybody is somebody, <laughs> and that is really ironic when it comes to this particular case because Brushy Bill is from Hiko and he definitely wanted to be somebody. When, or thought he was somebody. When your tagline to your your town is where everybody is somebody, that to me tells you that the town is so fucking small 
that everybody is somebody because you can literally like stand on a wooden box and count everybody. Well, that's true. Because, it was a very small town. Yeah, because like there's that few people. It's like everybody is somebody, and I can see them all right in front of me because it's sound. There's 19 people who live in this town, and you know, like it's very easy to uh-huh. account for all of them. So before uh, you, we get to Brushy Bill, I want to mention the reenactment again early on. Uh, looks like they shot it on some kind of set or something like that, like a Western set. Like maybe it was on a backlot in Universal or something or some other sort of. Uh, Maybe like a frontier town or something. Uh, and it was well shot, well lit. And surprisingly, it was a little bit bloody. Like when Billy gets shot, like you actually see a red streak of blood on, on the wall. Yeah, but the blood, it, it looked more like a watercolor blood than like like a thick, real like blood. I don't know. I've I've seen I've seen worse. Like yeah. uh, it didn't look like tomato paste. Like some of the you know earlier like gore from like the sixties and fifties and stuff like that, or, or Dawn of the Dead. I love Dawn of the Dead, but it, it looks pretty fake. I have to be honest, in terms of the effects. Yeah. So um, another thing I want to say about the uh, the actor that is playing Brushy Bill. Um, <laughs> This guy was the, he was the, this guy has been used on Unsolved Mysteries quite a few times. He was the same guy who was used in the Miracle Staircase segment. Oh, yeah. I knew I recognized that guy. He was the stranger who showed up and. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a, built the staircase. He was a stranger okay. that showed up and built the staircase in that segment. So they use him again in this segment and he's the brushy Bill character. And this guy. He's miscast. Yeah. He was not a good, uh, choice for someone who's supposed to be this like outlaw this legendary outlaw yeah yeah. like he was not he was not good to me it was like uh someone's grandpa just wandered onto the set of unsolved mysteries and was like i'm brushy bill (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah can i be brushy bill okay Uh, but but it's one of those things though the original actor he 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 did not show up today or we canceled so we're kind of desperate so all right but there is I there is something bill. there is something like <laughs> intrinsically interesting about the actor though like it the the, yeah. the the he's got this like corniness to him that i do find mm-hmm. like interesting yeah it kind of reminds me of richard farnsworth in some ways yeah so now uh hmm my thought just left completely it just disappeared oh. into the black hole that was recently uh, photographed. What really for the first time? <laughs> there's a, there's been a black. What's that about? Did you didn't hear about that? Uh, that the, the first ever photograph of a black hole was published recently by NASA. Oh, okay. I'll have to look into that. Um, now that meme that my friend posted makes a lot more sense. I thought we had had a. I thought we had had pictures of black holes. Anyway. Um, God, we're getting so horribly off track here. So, uh, research historian William Tunstall believed the public was misled about Billy the Kid. And this guy, this is a good old boy, you know, he's, yeah. he's a research historian, but he's, I feel like he's one of these research historians who's kind of made up his mind that, that Billy the Kid didn't really die. And he, you know, so he's going to, yeah. he's going to believe, he's going to be biased yep. towards him not being dead. So he's quoted here saying, this whole legend of the Billy the Kid, 90% of what we have heard and what we have been taught as students in schools is not true. 
There's no doubt Brushy Bill and Billy the Kid was one and the same person. Now, what's funny about that is I love how he assumes that, A, people give a shit enough about Billy the Kid to be like, you know, I was taught about this in school and this is very important. Yeah, I don't remember being taught uh, about Billy the Kid right. in school. Yeah, it's like, really. it's like dude, nobody <laughs> nobody cares enough about Billy. Like, Billy, they don't teach about Billy the Kid in schools. Like, like Western, like, U.S. Uh, Western enthusiasts care about Billy the Kid. I'm, maybe. I don't know. I've never... I mean, I would imagine like maybe if it's a school locally, like in the West, where there actually is a history there. Yeah, but, maybe, you know, but other than that, probably not. No, we were never taught about Billy the Kid in school, and 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 even if we had been, uh, we wouldn't have retained any knowledge about him enough to know one way or the, the other. The knowledge I get is from Young Guns, <laughs> which I which also had in the sequel Young Guns too. It c- carried over the Brushy Bill thing. As if, you know, he did survive. But this time around, it was Emilio Estevez in old man makeup. And it was creepy. It was weird. <laughs> so most historians completely dismiss Brushy Bill's story. But there is evidence to support his claim. It all started in 1948 when an attorney named William Morrison was told that Billy the Kid might not have died in 1881. A client said he had actually fought Billy the Kid in the Lincoln County Wars and that the kid was still alive. Morrison was so intrigued that he decided to do some of his own investigating. He traveled throughout the West talking to other old-timers about Billy the Kid, and he discovered that many thought that Billy was still alive. They said that he was going by the name of Brushy Bill Roberts. Finally, in 1949, Morrison made the trip to Heiko, Texas to confront Brushy Bill in person. He wanted to ask Brushy Bill if the rumors were true. According to William Tunstall, Brushy was at first hesitant. Quote, We must keep in mind that this man did not seek publicity. He did not seek to come out from seclusion. He was drawn out. Brushy Bill finally admitted that he was, in fact, Billy the Kid and asked Morrison to help him get the official pardon that New Mexico's governor had promised him back in 1879. But Morrison wanted proof that uh, he was indeed speaking to the infamous outlaw. It was then that Brushy Bill showed Morrison his scars, all of which matched the wounds received by the kid during his time as an outlaw. To further convince him, Brushy Bill took William Morrison on a guided tour of some of Billy's former haunts in Lincoln County. Morrison died in 1976, but his daughter, Barbara Kutchler, remembered his father's trip. And she's quoted here as saying, Brushy Bill would give incidents that only someone that was actually involved in the Lincoln County War would have known. My father was convinced that this man was Billy the Kid. Morrison then contacted five people who had known Billy the Kid during the Lincoln County War. Each of them, separately, met Brushy Bill in person. All five witnesses signed sworn affidavits stating that Brushy Bill Roberts was indeed Billy the Kid. If this is true, then one puzzling question remains. What really happened on the night that the Kid was supposedly killed? Now... When it comes to like old timers, like saying, "Yeah, that's that's Billy," like it that doesn't really hold a lot of weight. Old timers are ninety percent of the time full of shit. <laughs> I mean, like it it is so easy to fool an old timer, and uh, and for those of you where that might be a slang term where you don't know what I'm talking about, an old timer is just an like an old old person who's you know, been around uh, an area for a long time who knows, 
you know, the area or whatever. Or you could just call mm-hmm. an old person in general an old timer, but it's kind of a southern thing, I feel like. <laughs> but like, yeah, old timers, like, like old people in general, like, I mean, how many of them fall for still fall for those fucking Nigerian prince email schemes? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, not every old person is, is like this, but there there are a good amount of old old people out there that, to this day and back then that they're just easily gullible. Really. I feel like there's like it's a just, there, just, just, they, they believe what they want to believe, and and when it comes to like a potential old friend, like why what would they have to gain by saying no? That's that's not that's not Billy the Kid. That's some other guy. There's a certain I think a certain age when people kind of generally in general not I mean there's some exceptions, but I think there's a certain age people get to where they just kind of stop taking in new information. Like mm-hmm. they just they you know. They know what they know is what they know. Well, I mean, for instance, I, I I encounter that a lot at work, where you'd be surprised by the amount of people you know don't have email at all, like none. Yeah, no email. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's like my dad. You know, like he would tell me back, and you know, he would tell me facts about, or you know, what he thought were to be facts about a lot of bands and. Yeah, I, I had a. I used to do a bit about my dad when you know when I was doing stand up a long time ago, <laughs> and I'd be like, you know, my dad stopped taking in new information at, at around 1978, so everything he tells me is very dated. He'll be like, yeah, <laughs> Elton John, man, that sure was a lady killer. He was a quintessential manly man. Definitely wasn't gay. And it's like, Dad, uh, <laughs> I don't think you're accurate in your facts there. But it's like. Like, like I've just met old people, and, and it especially comes up when we talk about music. I met older people who, yes, you were around when band number A, band X, whatever band you want to insert, you were around when that band was actually actively playing and I wasn't even born yet. Good the fuck for you, but that doesn't mean you hold some kind of, like, rank over me when it comes to facts, because I've gotten so many arguments with old people who are like, that nope that 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 song came off of that album and Stevie Wonder was playing on it and I'm like no definitively <laughs> he was not you don't know what the fuck you're talking about but you're old is this at your karaoke gigs it's everywhere <laughs> just any place I get into a conversation with an old timer about something and it's like it's like that's that it just holds no weight for me like when it, uh, you know an old person's telling you something. Some people but look I, at I it mean, like it's more factual because it's like, oh, well, they're older. They've been around longer. Yeah. That, that, that Well, I mean, it just depends on the type of, you know, experience you have with elderly. Like, for instance, my grandmother, is, she takes in new information still and uh, to this day. And, and she's still really, really smart and still has a really good uh, memory. Um, but not everyone is like that. And who knows? Like some of the guys that you might have met. Were probably really old men. Maybe their memory was hazy. Maybe there's like he kind of looks like Billy the Kid. He has the scars, so he must be Billy. <laughs> so, or they were just like, yeah, I'm gonna say he is because I can actually get my name in something. Like I can actually, you know, have a purpose to my life right now. Yeah, people, people other wanna... than just sitting on a porch and and getting older. People, you know? people actually stop and pay attention to me when I <laughs> when I lie about things that aren't really true. Unlike my shitty grandkids who don't come and see me anymore. Uh, so according to Brushy Bill, on the night of the shooting, ages, he was with Josh. his girlfriend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for waiting for me to get into that sentence for you to say that. So now I have to start over. <laughs> Sorry. 
According to Brushy Bill, on the night of the shooting, he was with his girlfriend, Salsa. Yeah, I think it's Salsa. Sounds like a salsa. Sounds like a fucking combination of of salsa, salsa, probably Kelsa. I'm guessing it's Kelsa. Salsa and some kind of a fucking uh, Alka Salsa. Alka Salsa ripoff. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Or that's how they say it's Alka Salsa. So he was with his girlfriend Alka Salsa and uh, his partner Billy (laughs) Barlow at uh, Jesus Silva's house. Unknown to the kid, Garrett and his posse were waiting for him across the yard. When Garrett opened fire, one of the first shots struck Barlow. The shots that followed struck the kid in the head and the shoulder. He passed out from the pain and woke up the following morning under the care of Selsa. She informed him that Barlow had been killed and was being buried in Billy's place. According to William Tunstall, Pat Garrett knew he killed the wrong man. Quote, In a normal procedure, the sheriff would have brought the corpse to a place for anyone to witness. He would have demonstrated his guns, his clothing, his boots, his rifle. Pat Garrett did not follow that procedure. He took every precaution to conceal the identity of the corpse. I mean, is is that something that people did? Do they? Yeah, they did that back then, for sure. Maybe back then. So one thing that uh, I also wanted to mention about the reenactment, the uh, Billy the Kid reenactment of Brushy Bill, is uh, when Brushy Bill is giving his account of what happened what really happened that night that Billy the Kid supposedly died, they had this narration, like they sometimes do, where, like, it's just some some person who's not Robert Stack, you know. When I, I yeah. guess they're trying to, like, reprise a character, and, you know, it's like the character's narrating over their own reenactment. And the voice they use is, like, this constipated sling blade sounding motherfucker <laughs> who's just like on the night of Billy and the night I was supposedly murdered I was at my friend's house and oh wait that's some good salsa who like it was so <laughs> bad like he sounded like the undertaker expecting him to break out a promo and talk about uh, wrestling triple h and and shit like that at wrestlemania um <laughs> I did not rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> it was so corny sounding. Like, I don't know why they... It was ridiculous. It took me out of the segment. It really yeah. did. Like, it immediately took me out of the segment. I was like, this is unprofessional. Like, how could they have went back and watched the finished cut of that episode and be like, yeah, we're happy with that? Like, I don't know. You would have been better just have somebody who was just like speaking normally, you know, uh, and reading, you know, reading that narration. You know, now that I think about it, there's a lot of times on Unsolved Mysteries where they do those kind of where the actor is almost, you know, doing their own kind of narration of a certain uh, group of events or whatever. And it's usually never good on this show. Like whenever they have the ones where it is good for me are like the ones where they have like some creepy guy read some like serial killer or some fucking psychos letter or something. And like this really like creepy voice. I remember remember on the Withville Kentucky UFO ones or whatever they had the uh, they had the whole UFO Odyssey thing where they have the uh, callers like doing some kind of, uh, you know, the callers who were calling into the, the radio station t- uh-huh. talking about what they saw. They had, like, the voice, one of those voiceover things in that episode, too. And the the southern accent 
voiced female they would have on there. She's <laughs> yeah. like, it was real big and it had bright lights <laughs> and it just floated in the sky. And I was just like, oh God, this is, you know, when you, when you like Unsolved Mysteries, you got to like it warts and all. And those are definitely some of the warts. Yeah, for sure. And this is one of the biggest ones of them all. Yes. Right up there with that fucking ghost, the constipated ghost. She <laughs> should have the constipated oh, oh, ghost. Oh, devil's the... backbone. <laughs> yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're the same person. <laughs> this narrator, this guy who did the narration, he died and then he turned into the constipated ghost. He's <laughs> having a massive, like, orgasm. A, a, a post-death <laughs> orgasm. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, sorry to interrupt, but you know the deal. We have to do some advertisement to keep the uh, lights on in, in the proverbial podcast house. So right now I'd like to talk to you a little bit about a company called BetterHelp. Have you thought about talking to somebody but are unsure of where to start? BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed professional counselor. They are caring professionals specializing in the issues that you want to talk about. Join BetterHelp and get help at your own time and at your own pace schedule secure video and phone sessions or text your therapist worldwide and you can start communicating in under 24 hours it's truly an affordable option and uncovering unexplained mysteries listeners get 10 percent off your first month with discount code uum if you've been wanting to talk you can get started right now go to betterhelp.com slash uum that's betterhelp.com slash UUM. Now, this is not a crisis line. They do have over 4,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. It's available worldwide. There's four communication modes, text, chat, phone, and video. Start communicating under 24 hours. It's easy to change counselors if needed. It's uh, Financial aid is available for those who qualify. Secure, convenient, professional, affordable, Get 10% off your first month with discount code UUM. Back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Now, this this particular uh, transcript leaves out a good chunk. Like, it leaves out the skeptics. And, you know, because there's a skeptic guy who looks... He looks like a skeptic. Like, when you, when you, when you see this guy and you see this guy's face, he's, he's got, got the little tiny glasses and he's... Kind of looks kind of wiry and mousy and, you know, he, he just looks like he should have skeptic stamped on his forehead. It just happens to be that he is an actual skeptic. And he does bring up some good points that um, there were multiple different people who uh, were actually with Billy the Kid at the time who identified his corpse before it was buried. Um, not many, many years later. Like, actually identified as, like, 21 different people or something like that. I, and... I love the skeptic because uh, the, the the historian guy who is, like, kind of the counterpoint to the first uh, the, re yeah. the first research historian. Because the first guy's kind of got this good old boy kind of weight to him and how he's talking and just kind of gives off the vibe that he's more open to believing crazier shit. And then you get this, like, very, like, uptight, buttoned-up guy with glasses who's, like, Nope, that's bullshit. It's wrong and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, it, it just seems to me in general, on especially on this show, the uptight, buttoned-up guys with glasses usually tend to be the guys who are correct historically. Because it's funny, yeah. uh, the Life on Mars 
uh, segment oh, on Unsolved Mysteries. One, yeah. It's all the hippity dippity guys who's like, hey man, it's a face on Mars and you can see its teeth. And then they got like the Harvard looking, uh, you know, white lab coat guy with glasses going, yeah, you know, and you can look up in the clouds and you see, you can see all kinds of things. Our, our brain has a tendency to uh, make shape, you know, familiar shapes out of forma- random formations. He's like, that thing on Mars is nothing. It's a rock formation. And that guy looks so much more intelligent, you know, going back and watching that segment, knowing that he's 100% right, that there was no face yeah. on Mars. And just seeing the, the, and this guy wasn't like postulating that it wasn't anything. He was saying definitively, that's not a face on Mars. It's a rock formation. You people are all stupid. And like going back <laughs> and looking at that, it's like, wow, you like this guy's badass. Like with how, how, uh, you know, right he was first of all. Cause I, I would look at that and I would, I wouldn't rule it out. I, I wouldn't rule out that because the picture was so of such crappy quality that, it, yeah, I mean, it really did look like a face. So, and me wanting to believe you know, I wouldn't rule it out. I don't know. Me back even back then when I saw that in like a, a unexplained book, I was like, "That's just shadows on a rock." Like I, even I was like, "No." <laughs> if you go, if you go and look up that same it. picture now uh, with the HD camera and all, yeah, it is so clearly like it's just a rock. Yeah, it's not even <laughs> like it's it's crazy how how much the shadows distorted that one particular piece of rock to make it look like uh, a face. So anyway, um, by 1950, William Morrison felt that he had gathered enough evidence to request a pardon from Governor Mabry of New Mexico. The governor agreed to meet both men in person, but the meeting turned into a press circus. Yep. Brushy Bill was 90 years old at the time. He, I thought he was 91. I think he was 90. He was 91. Well, according to this website, confused. it says 90. Well, the website is sometimes wrong. Okay. <laughs> So Brushy Bill, Brushy Bill was 91 at the time. He was confused and scared by the crowd of reporters. I think it was like in the 50s. Yeah, 1950. And they're all like, you're going to be hanged. <laughs> you know, I'd be pretty scared, too. Like, if you are Billy the Kid, we're going to hang you. Yeah, well, then that's what they're saying. They're like, you know, okay, well, if this guy says who he is, you know, this is an outlaw who killed 21 people. He, he, he shouldn't be pardoned. He should be hanged. He should be hung, you know. Yeah. Until he is dead, dead dead <laughs> yeah i always like that phrase whenever uh, someone gets sentenced to be hanged it's like your your pun your sentence is to be hung by the neck until you are dead <laughs> i was quoting young guns too and then i love uh, billy billy kid's response to that well you can go to hell 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 <laughs> nice so according to ba- barbara kutchler uh which was william morrison's daughter Brushy Bill's testimony was all for nothing. Quote, the governor never even gave him a chance to present the evidence by just flat out telling him he wasn't even going to consider it, which is yeah, weird. The reenactment. Brushy definitely looks freaked out. I'll give I'll give the actor that he definitely pulled that off really well. I almost feel like he over the whole he, looking like he's confused. I feel like he overdid it out a little and, bit, though. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Yeah, he was kind of like shake like, you know, he's kind of like he's got his legs kind of like spread apart really far and he's just kind of shaking his head back and forth and he's like oh looked like a almost like a <laughs> hank hill like fucking oh or is it, is it one of those old cartoons <laughs> yeah like uh, uh yosemite sam like fucking prospector or something <laughs> yeah which again though what i don't understand is like why did the governor 
even a, why did he bring him wh- there just to say no we're not yeah, even gonna like, you know he is not Billy the Kid I'm not even going to consider this it almost seemed I like I never consider this it almost, you know that's what he said it almost seemed like he brought him there like he was going to hear them out but then with the press and everyone hounding them in the room it's almost like he made a split second decision to change his mind and be like mm-hmm. he's not Billy the Kid we're gonna throw this out Instead of, you know, hearing anything because the yep. reaction was probably a lot more than what anyone expected. expected. But I mean, you know, like by that time, especially there had been like, what, what, what they say, like 150 movies or something made about Billy the yeah, Kid at yeah. that point. Buster, no, Buster Crab, yeah, he played uh, Billy the Kid in like a hundred and over a hundred films. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like that was like back in the those days, people knew who the fuck Billy the Kid was. So, I mean, you say this old man named Brushy Bill is coming to the governor's, uh, you know, court. The- I have to say this about Brushy Bill, uh, Brushy, like, 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 you know. It's not doesn't have the same ring to it as Billy the Kid, no, does it? Brushy Bill sounds like he needs to like trim his eyebrows or something. Like he's that's just, <laughs> just it's just a that's an insult to like your Uncle Bill. Like oh, Brushy Bill over here. <laughs> it just sounds like your eyebrows yeah. are way too like bushy and just need to be like trimmed down, and or your ear hair needs to be trimmed down. Or it just it sounds like facial hair growth. Yeah, abnormal facial hair growth. That would be Brushy Bill. Oh, they got. Oh yeah, look at that guy with all that fucking ear hair and those bushy eyebrows. Oh yeah, that's Brushy Bill. <laughs> um, so Morrison's legal arguments and affidavits were not even entered into evidence. Brushy Bill felt that he had been humiliated, his claims ridiculed, his pardon not granted. Shortly after the meeting with Governor Mabry, Brushy Bill suffered a heart attack and died on a street in Heiko, Texas, which is like such a poetic little end yeah. there. He was humiliated, his claims ridiculed, his pardon not granted, and then he then dies he of a heart, of a heart attack. attack, you know, uh, shortly after the meeting. Because, well, in a lot of ways, probably because it, that was very stressful for him with the, stre- you know, with the, with the uh, press showing up and seeing the deputy with a gun in his holster and everything, and you know, giving him memories or whatever. Now... I don't think he was Billy the Kid, but I, I do think he might have had some uh, history with, you know, with the outlaws in the West, because that, that was a common thing. There were a lot of people in the Wild West who were, you know, doing similar stuff to Billy the Kid. They just weren't as well known. Yeah, I don't think this person was Billy the Kid either. Um, first of all, when they show the pictures of Brushy Bill uh, at 17 and Billy the Kid at 17... They look nothing alike. I mean, even as as youngsters, like there there is no resemblance. And they're 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 posting the pictures up there. And this is this was a similar case which with uh, Butch Cassidy. They're sh- they're posting the pictures up there like boom, look at this, look how similar they look. And in both instances, I'm like, yeah, neither one of these people look like the other. Like Brushy Bill. Well, I'll say with the, with these two pictures, I think with Brushy Bill, um, it didn't help. That, you know, they're just from different angles and different uh, uh, positions and everything. Um, I would say there's a little bit more of a facial resemblance with Brushy Bill and Billy the Kid 
than with uh, Butch Cassidy and, and, and the other guy, I don't, which we'll get to next. I don't think there's any resemblance whatsoever. Which we already spoiled to, to anybody who might have been wondering, but it's in the title. Yeah, so it's in the, it's it's all, in the title. It's like, there's, no, there's no spoilers. <laughs> so, there's no spoilers. <laughs> was Brushy Bill Roberts the notorious outlaw Billy the Kid? His friends and neighbors believe so and have even erected a memorial in his honor, which reads, he spent the last days of his life trying to prove to the world his true identity. We believe his story and pray to God for the forgiveness he so, so solemnly asked for. I threw in the so solemnly. I'm <laughs> supposed to say he solemnly asked for. I said so solemnly. Yeah. I don't know why. So this is an unresolved case. Uh, in 1990, a legitimate scientifically based and statistically significant photo comparison analysis was conducted at the Laboratory for Vision Studies and the Advanced Graphic Laboratory at the University of Texas, Austin, by Dr. Alan Bovick of the De Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering. Whew! Holy shit. Wow. The study compared the Dedrick Ufam Upham Tiny Type, the only authenticated image of Billy the Kid, with a photograph of William Henry Roberts, a.k.a. Brushy Bill, taken when Roberts was in his late 80s. The University of Texas Laboratory for Vision Systems Maintain the state of maintain state of the art facilities and equipment, computers, cameras, processors, and monitors and printers for such studies. Okay, I don't know why that was necessary. The photographs are digitized and image improved, and then searched for similarities and differences by a computer recognition system, which criminologists employ in their identification of suspects. Okay, so forensics. Hundreds of studies conducted by the FBI, CIA, Interpol, and the Scotland Yard employing these techniques have yielded significant levels of statistical validity. All right, I get it. It's, it's valid. <laughs> the results of the University of Texas photo comparison study with other evidence were presented to Andre McNeil, the chancery judge of Arkansas's 12th Judicial District and noted Arkansas attorney Helen Rice Grinder. I wonder if she has a nickname... Wonder if she's called the meat grinder. Wow. Wow, Mike. That probably is her nickname, knowing that how how they hand out nicknames for those type of individuals. <laughs> um, McNeil and Grinder both impartial observers and both experienced in handling and making determinations on evidence, stated that based on the study, the case for William Henry Roberts and Billy the Kid being the same man was strong, substantial, and excellent. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Did not expect that. Wait, what did it say now? It, it said, uh, McNeil and Grinder, both impartial observers and both experienced in handling and making determinations on evidence, stated that based on the study, the case for William Henry Roberts and Billy the Kid being the same man was strong, substantial, and excellent. The University of Texas photo comparison study, the only valid one commissioned to date, as another layer of evidence in support of the notion that Roberts and Kid were the same person. So does this fact that he has all these similar scars and stuff like that. But I don't know. I don't. I still don't know about this case. Um, but that adds another layer to it that makes me go, huh, maybe? Now I'm in the maybe camp. Hey, that's crazy. In the words of the analysis analysts, the study irrefutably shows that Roberts and the Kid are a very close match and that the similarity between the two is amazing. However, the life of the man known as Brushy, Brushy Bill Roberts is documented by the census, marriage, divorce, and World War I registration records from his birth in Sebastian County, Arkansas in 1879, where he was born 
to parents Henry Oliver Roberts and Sarah Elizabeth Ferguson until his death in Hico, Hamilton County, Texas, on December 1950. Rushy Bill registered for the World War I draft and signed his original name as Oliver Pleasant Roberts. Boom. <laughs> and it's like so many different emotions here. Like, what? Huh? Maybe? And then rug gets just pulled out from right underneath you. It's just like, nope. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a coincidence, bitches. <laughs> I ain't got anything else on Billy the Kid. You're all, uh, you get, you're not kidding, right? Oh God. <laughs> I do this just to. Get I don't even. I don't even think fuck. that was a dad joke. Dad jokes are a little. I was just. I was just. I'm just fucking with Josh at this point. I just want to hear his reaction. They're a little better than that, honestly. <laughs> 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 they're a little fun here. Or they're not funny, but they 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 make me groan more or less. I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> at this point. All right, moving on to our next case, which was a Mike. So pick. the next case is uh, Butch Cassidy. Now it says the Sundance Kid, but it's only briefly mentioned that he might have also survived. Like they don't really go that far with the Sundance Kid guy. I'm gonna not, I'm, I'm not gonna lie on this uh, one. I don't Butch know how Cassidy. you felt about it or whatever, but I didn't feel like there was much meat on the bones of this unsolved mysteries case. There isn't a whole lot, but for me. I, I did feel there were some aspects of it that were a little bit more legitimate than Brushy Bill, especially the handwriting analysis. They, which they we'll get just to. looked nothing alike. They didn't. I know. And that's a serious problem. Um But like I'm saying, I don't I don't buy that they're they're one and the same either. I'm just saying, but I mean there were some aspects of it that seemed a little bit more legitimate. Doesn't mean they are legitimate. So the names Robert Leroy Parker and Harry Alonzo Longabaugh, no wonder they changed their names. Harry Alonzo Longabaugh does not sound like a pretty, infamous, you know, doesn't sound like an infamous anything, you know. No wonder he went by the Sundance Kid. <laughs> Sounds like maybe like a dishwasher in an Italian restaurant, I don't know. <laughs> so... They don't often ring a bell. That's because they're better known as the legendary outlaws from the late 1800s, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Paul Newman and Robert Redford starred in the celebrated film about their final days. And in this segment, they show actual footage from the movie. Um, back when probably the studio would allow shows like this to use footage for what seems like not that very high of a price. Because nowadays, if you try to do that shit, they charge you up the ass. The movie, like history, tells us that Butch, Butch and Sundance died in a shootout in South America. But some believe that Hollywood and history may be wrong. There is evidence that Butch Cassidy returned to the United States and died of natural causes. Two years later, after uh, Butch and Sundance were supposedly killed, a man named William Thaddeus Phillips arrived in Spokane, Washington. He opened a successful machine shop and became a prominent businessman. According to a writer named James Dolenty, Phillips was a man without a past. The first definitive record of William Phillips was his marriage certificate dated May 14, 1908. There is no other previous record of William Phillips. About 1922, the first reports began circulating in the West that Butch Cassidy had returned, and people began to say that Butch Cassidy was William Phillips. Some see a resemblance between William Thaddeus Phillips and George Butch Cassidy, uh, I, I, I can, I, 
I definitely align with my co-host over here. They look nothing alike <laughs> in these photos. It's so stupid. I mean, the the biggest thing uh, that you can look at is the area between the eyebrows, like that part of uh, yeah, you know, but the suborbital the real ridge. Butch Cassidy, he's he's got a much bigger head, and his chin is a completely different shape. I mean, Butch Cassidy looks more like a uh, Dallas Cowboys tight end Jason Witten than he does uh, William Thaddeus Phillips. I so I just don't, it's one of those things. Yeah, I just don't even understand how there was any question that, like, oh, are these the same people or not? It's like no, like, it, like they they don't they, <laughs> they look like two di- different people. Case closed. That'd be like that'd be like if there was like somebody was you know uh, trying to be you. And then, like, they yeah, did, like, like a it's photo, just some you know? like some black guy, you know, <laughs> like. No, well, it wouldn't be that. That's too. That's too. Well, that's that. Well, it would that's be like I, another. It would be another white guy with, you know, maybe with a, uh, you know, black, you know, maybe longish hair, and it had some similarity in the features. Wore you know, like to wear, you know, uh, rock shirts, and you both like Genesis, but like that, that, that was it, really. But it, but it clearly <laughs> wasn't me. But people are, but yeah. people would still be out there going, we just can't figure it out. Like, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's like, use your fucking eyeballs. No, that's that's not the person. I mean, case closed. I swore I saw you, Josh, like at at this uh this other uh, karaoke bar across town. <laughs> I do get told that sometimes that someone, you know, I have some doppelganger out there. It's happened to me a couple times. It's always annoying because they can never, you know, yeah. lead me to what the person actually looks like. So if I can see if they're like attractive or not, you know, because <laughs> if they're if they're attractive, then I, you know, I, that's fine. They can, you know, yeah. look like me. So so it's like uh, it's like that one case we covered where uh, there was this uh, was it? I think it was a guy who was like. Was his doppelganger or whatever who was hanging around? At the oh, same that was a weird case. Town. Yeah, this guy. Yeah. yeah, this guy had this fuck, and he never, to my knowledge, he never ended up finding the guy. But the guy looks so no. similar that it even fooled his dad. His dad yeah. thought that uh, it was it was the it was his son, but it wasn't. It was just mm-hmm. some guy who apparently looked exactly like him. So that's a closer comparison, like that when it comes to those two. Like if if uh, William Thaddeus Phillips looked like that, then I'd be like, okay. All right, I could see it, but definitely not here. Uh, it, but I mean, in another photos, it's kind of you know, it, it, there's a little bit there, like the one when he's got his mustache and standing next to a horse. It looks a little bit closer to it, but when he's like just clean shaven, not even remotely close. So some see a resemblance between the two, but if Phillips was Cassidy. Then how did the outlaw escape from Bolivia? According to some historians, the account of how Butch and Sundance died can be credited to one man, Percy Seibert. Seibert had worked with the outlaws at a tin mine in Bolivia, and he became friends with them. He was the one who identified the two men killed in the shootout as Butch and Sundance. But writer Larry Pointer thinks that Seibert may have deliberately lied. Now, before I get to what Larry has to say, in this reenactment, this is from season three, so the budget was still there. So this is another solid-looking reenactment, shot on location, you know, well shot, uh, well lit. Um, not a lot of dialogue. I don't even remember any dialogue with any of the reenactments here. Like none, right? A little bit later not, on. Yeah, like, not with, really. With uh, with, uh, with uh, 
William William Phillips, like when he reunites with his old flame or whatever. But other than that, uh, not much. Well, and when the they were in South America and the you know corner people were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where uh, Siebert was talking to the to the Bolivians or whatever. Um, they use the typical uh, Western music as well in this one and in the other se- in the other that segment. Sli- that they the always slide use guitar for every, yeah. and the lone bald eagle cry. Yeah, <laughs> or something. Like yeah. That. So I can't do it justice because I, I don't have a slide guitar I'm ba- and I'm not a slide I'm about guitar. To, I'm, I'm about to pull out my guitar and, and, and do some slide guitar shit while you're... Uh... So I have the, uh, I have the uh, slide guitar out here. I'm going to try to get closer to the mic as, as Mike tells the story so we can get some... Okay. Probably making all kinds of fuckery sounds right now with me trying to adjust <laughs> it. I, I, I got, we got to get, you know, this, this adds to it, folks. This is like... You can't have an unsolved mysteries like Western segment without the. <laughs> so, um, so Siebert had worked with the outlaws at a tin mine in Bolivia, became friends with them. Blah blah blah. Larry Pointer thinks that Siebert may have deliberately lied about their deaths. I believe that Percy told the story of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid's death in Bolivia to pay back what he felt was a debt of loyalty and friendship to allow these outlaws. To begin a life under amnesty without a past. Larry Pointer is convinced that Butch Cassidy took on the identity of William Phillips. As Phillips, he returned to the Wyoming Mountains, where Butch and his outlaw gang had once cavorted. I, I love how the use of cavorted. That doesn't really tie in with legendary outlaws very well. <laughs> James DeLentley says that he's heard firsthand reports about Phillips. We know the man who went with Phillips to Wyoming in 1933. This man died recently, but we have interviewed him. He was there all summer with Phillips, and he met all the old-timers that Phillips met, and in almost every case, these old-timers accepted Phillips as Cassidy. Offer Dan Buck researched the life and death of Butch Cassidy and is now convinced that William Phillips was an imposter. Now this guy is a character. Like he's he's one of those badass skeptics who just exudes confidence, and I, and I, I love watching this guy talk because he just he just cuts through the bullshit or shoots through the bullshit, so to speak, with a six shooter. So old timer stories are always the most interesting and the least reliable. The William Phillips story is chock full of old timer tales, people that claim that they were good friends of Cassidy and knew Phillips was Cassidy. And usually it's when asked by someone, when prompted by someone, well, you were a good friend of Butch Cassidy's, weren't you? And of course, the answer is yes. Who wants to say no? In Wyoming, Phillips met a woman named Mary Boyd Rhodes. In 1934, marrying her 16-year-old granddaughter, Lone, I own, actually, because that would be a really lame name for somebody. This is my daughter, Lone. I had to uh, borrow her from somebody. <laughs> That's just as bad as the kidding joke. <laughs> yeah, hey, so, I got I to gotta keep up with you somehow. <laughs> so, uh, rode out to Philip's campsite. And uh, Ione is quoted here. The man that my grandmother met that day was going by the name of William Phillips. And she knew him by the name of Leroy George Parker was known as Butch Cassidy. 
He recognized her immediately, and she had recognized him. And I sensed that they had a relationship that I'd never known that much about. So my grandmother had finally told me that he was her childhood sweetheart. Now, I want to hear your thoughts on uh, Dan Buck, now that you've uh, played your guitar and, and set the mood. Uh, Dan Buck, who is he again? He was the skeptic guy. Oh, the, yeah. With the beard. Yes. No, I, I actually really liked him. and uh, Yeah, I liked him a lot, too. I, I was going to uh, capture, like, I was going to make a, a notation of that quote when he's like, you know, uh, they, they, they have uh, old timers. They have the uh, yeah. interesting stories, but they're like the least reliable or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it says old timer stories are always the most interesting and the least reliable. Yeah. And then, of course, like the whole, uh, the you know, when it came to people knowing Butch Cassidy, it was always leading questions like, oh, you know, Butch Cassidy, don't you? And, you know, and, and, and the, you know, who's who's going to be like, no, no, I don't know. You know, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, I but, you yeah. know, you, they're not going to be like, never heard of him. Yeah. Um, but who? I mean, you're at a bar, you know, you're bullshitting, you know, you're at some old timey country bar and, and you know, someone at, well, you, yeah, hey, Jim, you knew Butch Cassidy, right? You know, he's, no, I didn't yeah. know him. You know, like, of course, yeah. Oh, no, I knew him. We was best friends, you know. <laughs> Like, is there any way to verify that these old timers actually, you know, were actually uh, friends with Butch Cassidy? Could be people who never knew him that are verifying this uh, this man to be Butch Cassidy. So after uh, Ion's uh, grandmother ended up, you know, had that whole story or whatever, uh, where they uh, went and met with. Uh, William Phillips actually mailed a ring to Mary. It was engraved George C to Mary B. How sweet. Phillips died soon afterwards, and Dan Buck believes that Phillips pretended to be Cassidy for the fun of it. He traveled out to the West. He met some people. He probably got some free beers. He certainly got a lot of adventures out of it. But some people have recently done some photo comparisons of the two and established that they have different heads and different faces. Cassidy had basically had small features on a big head with a lantern jaw. And Phillips had more normal features with a more or less pointed chin, and his head was basically an inch or more lower than Butch Cassidy's. Case close. They even show the photos, they show, and they show the lines and everything. Yeah, they show like a grid that's overlaid over each picture, and it's just like night and day, like... Yeah, they're two white people, but aside from that, that's about the only thing they have in common. You know, like like the features are just not they're not similar. They're just fucking not. I mean, and, and yeah, granted, like the photography and all that kind of stuff, like the photographs, like that's the problem with shadows and not having like a good picture. Yes, that's another thing. Yeah, like that's the problem with it is it distorts. It makes things look longer or shorter or whatever. It distorts the face in such a way that you're or you you're just you're like the face on mars perfect fucking example it ties into this the shadows hit that rock formation on mars to make it look like there were eye sockets a nose and teeth as they even said at one point which i thought was fucking hilarious because okay if it is a sculpture a statue on mars when, why would they have teeth? Yeah, why would they have teeth? They never, they never, like, I don't even know if there's any sculptures here on Earth that they, you know, 
take the time out uh, to carve out the nah, teeth. There, there are. They, yeah, but they're but, not. You know. They're not common. Most statues and shit have their mouth closed. Yeah, but yeah. So anyway, like, but the shadow on that rock formate, you know. So I mean, shadows can do weird things, and I think that's the only reason why there was even a hint of maybe because it was uh, the. The, the the features were obscured by the shadows and the quality well, of the picture. Well, not just that. I mean, and, uh, several of her clues also suggest that Butcher and Phillips are one and the same. Phillips wrote a manuscript called The Bandit Invincible, The Story of Butch Cassidy. According to James Dolenty, it contains specific details about Butch's adventures. There's material in that manuscript that no one else knew, that had never been published, and either the man who wrote it had to have had an intimate knowledge of Cassidy, or he was Cassidy. Phillips also owned the six-shot Colt revolver. Carved into the pistol grip was a unique brand. Larry Pointer says it's significant. The brand was the Reverse E Box E. That was Butch Cassidy's brand in the 1890s. There seems to be at least some evidence that Butch Cassidy may have survived the shootout, but it was almost certainly the end of the road for the Sundance Kid. Even though in the actual reenactment, I don't know why the narration is off, because in the actual uh, segment, it doesn't say that. It says that the Sundance Kid is rumored also by some to also have survived. So just like with Brushy Bill, there were uh, the, the cases unresolved. Uh, but there are a little bit more uh, bits of info here. Uh, in November of 1991, a team of forensic historians found the grave found the tiny graveyard near San Vicente, where the outlaws were said to have been laid to rest and exhumed two skeletons. One of them was uncannily similar to the Sundance Kid in age and stature, but the other showed traits of a man of European descent. They turned to DNA comparison, finding Longbow's brother buried in Pennsylvania, as well as living the, a living maternal relative of Longbow three generations from him. The DNA failed to match on both accounts. In 2011, the belief that William T. Phillips and Butch Cassidy were the same person was finally put to rest. Larry Pointer, the same guy was interviewed in this particular segment, the historian, was able to find new information that led him to believe that Phillips was actually William T. Wilcox, a man who had met Cassidy in prison in 1895. Witnesses from that time claimed to have seen Wilcox and Cassidy together, disproving the belief that they were the same person. Pointer, however, still believes that Butch Cassidy survived the shootout and came to the United States. Of course he does. That's what he's selling his books on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so now he can write another book about a different uh, theory, about a different person, do some more research and find out who the real Billy the Kid is this time around. I do find it... Uh, Interesting and also uh, something that is worth noting that he actually changed his mind when he did some more research. I think that's really, that's really nice to see that because normally you don't see offers like that make such a uh, 180 on their own theories. Yeah, which is even crazier too because it kind of like nullifies the book you sold to people, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? wait, what? So I paid $20 for bullshit basically? Well, that's basically what you're doing anyway. I think whenever you buy books like that, it should be taken as more of a uh, fiction. Entertainment. Yeah, like fiction rather than like, you know. It's like when you buy paranormal books. Like if you buy the Ghost Boy book, you know. 
Did, you gotta, you book, gotta, you gotta know that you're, you're, you're reading some bullshit. Didn't they like slam that book on Amazon in the reviews? Did, yeah, yeah. The fucking graveyard or the fucking hurt ghost curse. <laughs> God, that's crazy. All right. Is that so? What what are your what are your last thoughts on these outlaws? Do you think they survived? Do you think they 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 died? Uh, you know, the more I'm doing this, like the more I, I like as I was watching these segments today, I was like, you know, I, I myself am am kind of a skeptic in in most facets of like legend and paranormal. Um, mm -hmm. All these years, I've been blowing the skeptic whistle, and I, I should have been blowing it on myself because. Uh, UFOs, I know those are real. I just there's too much uh, there's too much uh, evidence. There's too much. Uh, the space is too vast for there to not be. There's no way we're alone in this. Universe. Yeah, and I believe a lot of the stories um, just because of the sheer volume, the sheer. Uh, I mean, like, what is it? The the was it Sweden or Belgium? The Belgian. UFO. Oh yeah. Well, the government totally like cooperated yeah. with unsolved mysteries and gave them radar footage of these uh, things on radar that were ascending and descending at such speeds that would kill a normal human being. And so, yes, I definitely believe in UFOs. And when I say UFO people, I'm not talking about the little hamburger looking saucer. I'm saying an un unidentified flying objects in the sky. I believe those exist, but as far as a lot of stuff that's covered on here, this being one of those things, it's like people want to, you know, when something becomes a legend and a myth or whatever, people want that to live on and they don't want it to be. They, well, it's like with Anastasia. Yeah, exa exactly. Because that was also covered on the they show. They don't want the bubble to be burst. You know, they, they, oh no, Tupac's not dead. He's chilling on an island somewhere. No, Elvis isn't dead. Uh, I, Michael Jackson is still alive. <laughs> is anybody saying that? Yeah, really. There's there's a there's there's a there's a researcher who's like trying to get people to buy a documentary on Vimeo, and that's hilarious. You know, yeah. <laughs> and it's like with these celebrities, it's like so easy to say that, or even like these outlaws, it's so easy to make the case of, oh well, there was so much negative publicity, and there was so much negative attention yeah. on them that they have to disappear completely and get away and change their name. And that's why you'll never find them and blah, blah, blah. I remember there was this uh, documentary or something that I think my dad saw on TV back when I was in like eighth grade, like back around like 2002, 2003 era. And my dad was talking about, yeah, Elvis is coming back. He said, there's something yeah. about 2002. That's very important to him. And he plans on coming back and he's real sorry that he, you know, fooled everyone and let his fans down for this long. And I'm like, God, dad, you will believe fucking anything, won't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Elvis thing that that I was going to bring that up, too, because there were a lot of similarities, you know, with people being like, it's uh, I'm Elvis or, you know, or, you know, the Elvis impersonator is actually is Elvis, you know, yeah, that kind like, of thing. People don't want to believe that like a larger than life character can just die of a heart attack one day and they're gone. Especially on the toilet, <laughs> it was such an such a undignified way to die. Yeah, I know. Especially for someone like the king, you know, like it. That's not the throne. You would think that he would. He would. He would. No, that, he would die. That is on. the wrong. <laughs> is the wrong throne type, for sure. <laughs> hey, baby, I'm the king. Whew. 
But uh, all right, I, I guess uh, that's I guess that's everything for this week. Coming in at around uh, one thirty, it looks like here, one hour thirty. That's that's enough content for you people for another week to tide you the fuck over. Sorry, I had to curse at everyone just then. I don't know what that was all about. But anyway, um, yeah, man, it's pretty really? pretty aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess Josh decided to be an outlaw. Yeah, I'm watching uh, Brushy Bill, man. I just I don't know. I wanna I want to uh, you know. I want to have a middle-aged old man torso like he had in the uh, reenactment. <laughs> um, anyway, that's the show. If you want to... I don't think you do, because you're already freaked out enough about your, your knots on your shoulder. So. Yeah, that's another thing, dude. It's like when I was like stressing about that whole like lump on my shoulder, Like I pretty much put my life on hold for the last week. So everything I'd normally do, like working out or YouTube channel... Uh, anything. I mean, I did some basic level band photos and stuff because we have a video coming up that we're going to be releasing. But it's yeah, and I'm I'm really curious about that one because uh, the advertising and a lot of the promo work that you've been doing for that is really impressive. Oh, I think what, whoever you have doing your photos now, that's me, my man. I definitely got uh, really. That is all, all the editing too, yes, sir. That is that's all me. Wow. Yep. Impressive. Yep. Thank Most impressive. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's what I... I don't know. I, you fuck around with Photoshop and Lightroom and, you know, your camera and this, that, and the other, and you fuck around with it for... Because uh, Stephanie's shared some photos, too, that look really professional. Oh, well, okay, so the one that we released to Stephanie with the... Uh, where So I took the, the picture, but uh, we yeah. hired some guy to, uh, that's what I to put the background in. Okay. Another one with you two that has like a background and everything. Yes, that that was professionally done as well. Yes, that was that. Those are what I was talking oh, about. Oh, oh, <laughs> so okay. Sick. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, I took the photos, but yeah, the guy yeah. went in and did the backgrounds. Yes. Yeah, I know. I, and and the the coloring and everything. Yeah, I definitely. That guy is amazing. I won't I take credit for that. that right right out right off the bat. Um, you you've been doing a really good job with your uh, videos too, and I'm just really curious about this. Kind of what sequel to Eyes Wide Shut? <laughs> no, it's 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 what it is. So the song's called Eyes Wide Open, and it's off our new album Hex, which there will be a commercial for at the end of this uh, at this episode. But it, you know, when we decided to redo this album or to to do this album in general, um, we had a bunch of songs we could go with as the quote unquote lead single off the album. Um, but ultimately we decided on the most, uh, I guess for lack of better word, uh, poppiest, our poppiest single, um, that had the most mainstream appeal. And so it's a little more poppy and, and, um, just happy sounding than what I would normally do. But, than what the music video is going to look the, like. Oh, the video, the video is going to offset the happiness, uh, and that's yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted. I, I wanted the video to be very dark, so it offsets the poppy sounding nature. So some of the pictures I've seen for that remind me of this. Like, so we can unsolve mysteries. You remember that YouTube? Because there was a YouTube video that popped up that was like had this mysterious circumstance surrounding, and a lot of people still don't understand what the hell it's about. And it was like this guy in a robe and he wore a mask similar to the one that looked like a crow or something. Like Doctor. I, 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 would, I would think you would have heard of that no. particular legend before. Mm -mm. You haven't? No. Oh. Can you, do you um, have, do you know the video? I, um, video with crow mask. <laughs> yeah, guys, you can just stop the episode right here it's, at this it's, point. It's, it's a plague mask. Yeah, that's what it is. It's called 11B... 
X1371. It was an early uh, viral video sent to GadgetZZ.com and the Swedish tech blog that publicized it. The black and white segment is two minutes in length. The title came from the plain text of a base 64 string written on a DVD. It depicts a person wearing what appears to be a Plague Doctor costume, walking and standing around in a dilapidated abandoned building with a forest visible through former window openings in the wall behind it. Accompanied by the soundtrack of loud, discordant buzzing noise, the masked figure holds up a hand with an irregularly blinking light. The film did not have any credits or claims to offership. Messages many commonly uh, many commonly used ciphers and encryption systems have been found hidden in the, in the video and a sound spectrogram, as well as the images of tortured and mutilated people. Most of the messages have been decoded by participants in an ongoing Reddit thread, and the images sourced to notable murder investigations such as the Boston Strangler. They have been interpreted as implying a threat of bioterrorism against the United States, Although it's been speculated in the video is reality a prank, a viral marketing stunt for an upcoming film or video game, or a student film. Three months after the initial controversy, an individual going by the name of Parker Warner Wright claimed to have created the video. He told the Daily Dot that it was intended as an art project and releases a sequel video. He released a sequel video called 11B31369. As a way of proving his identity, he challenged viewers to create an exact duplicate of his plague doctor mask whole yeah whole, so it's a whole lot of don't know what the fuck you're talking about going on there i'm yeah, gonna have to look but at the it video. is an interesting it is an interesting uh, little internet mystery so all right right on i'll have to check that out um so anyway if you want to catch more of me and mike on uh youtube separately but entertainingly you can find us at uh youtube.com mike is youtube.com slash ocp communications he's a movie guy mike what was the last movie you talked about the last movie I talked about was a film called Special Effects. I think that's the last one that I talked about last time. Uh, I've just been really, really busy with work and other stuff, and uh, kind of been coming down with a little bit of something, so it's just kind of sent things uh, haywire in terms of my schedule. So I don't really have anything new. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean on that front. Um, yeah, well, you can find me at youtube.com slash dancingwithghosts. Uh, I do all kinds of videos. The The last video I did was the last one that I had last week, which was my uh, why bands use backing tracks and why that's not a bad thing. Uh, sometimes, sometimes it's not a bad thing. It just all depends on the situation. But you shouldn't automatically write off a band just because they use backing tracks. Um, and, you know, I'm not just saying that because my band uses backing tracks. There's, you know... There's various situations where that's not a, an awful thing. Um, so, yeah, you can subscribe to us on there and get more free Mike and Josh entertainment coming your way. Um, please check out my album uh, from my band, Dancing with Ghosts. It's basically I do all the music and Stephanie helps sing. And uh, it's it's my, you know, my life passion pretty much. So it'd be great if you could give it a listen. Um, and if you want to support that, then, uh, buy the album, but until next week, we will see you later. Goodbye and have a good rest of your night. See ya. 
Ladies and gentlemen, my new album Hex is finally available on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else where music can be found. Also, we still have our special edition physical CD available at bandcamp.com. Check the link in the description of this podcast. Now enjoy some of the samples from my new CD. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen any of the fucking Marvel movies. They look awesome. Like every single one of them looks amazing. Like they all look like really good and I loved all that stuff I growing think, up. I think I think if you saw a giant bulk of them in succession, which is what's been going on lately, I think you would get a little bit tired of it. Now they look great. Absolutely. They should. They cost multi-millions of dollars. They cost hundreds of million dollars. They cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Sorry, I got a fucking canker sore just fucking up my my uh, vocal patterns. Anyway, um, they cost a shit ton of money, so they should look great. That's a given. What do you not like about them? Well, I mean, lately it's just they just have become so homogenized to me. Like they they're running together. Just feels like they're repeating the formula. Yeah, like Transformers. they're repeating the formula. Yes, they're repeating the formula way too much. That's why I'm I'm kind of I feel it's a little bit of a bummer that Fox got bought out by Disney because now the unique original out of the box uh, Fox uh, X Men films they're they're not going to do that anymore because they're going to have to incorporate them into the MCU so they're going to have to put them in the MCU box and have to everything connect to some sort of fucking phase uh, and and I'm just I, I guess I'm honestly just phased out at this point um and i i was there from the start with iron man and so on and so forth and there's still a good amount of films with mcu i like and i still really enjoy i haven't even seen infinity war yet and i i know everyone you know is and their mother has pretty much seen that uh, at this point but i not haven't me. It's just i'm not not you i'm not surprised though but i'm just not 
It's not in the mood. It just doesn't interest me. I'm just, I'm burned out by it. And not just MCU, but comic book films. It's just, there's too many of them. It's like four or five or more than that every year. It's just, it's just, uh, they become like fast food. It's overprocessed. And it's, it's, it's so unlike the entertainment industry to overdo something when it's successful. So that's what makes it especially strange. <laughs> no, I mean, to this extent, though, it's a little bit absurd. If you compare it to some of the older, like 30 years ago, it, it is a little absurd to compare it to 30 years ago. Well, I mean, there were some the, sequels, but there wasn't like this overwhelming amount of movies based on comic books, movies based on older properties, movies based on a remake, a sequel, blah, 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 blah. blah. And so on and so I forth. think they're just afraid to take chances on unique movies nowadays because there's such a greater chance that it's going to bomb now because people have so many more options of seeing a movie than to go to a movie theater. So they're no, I, I think I think, yeah, that's part of it. But I think another part of it, they're just they've gotten complacent and they know <sighs> that they can turn churn out the same shit. They can pump out reheated leftovers from the 80s and 90s to today's audiences, at least the core of them, not all of them, but the core audience, and they'll make money. So because so many audience members nowadays are just like, well, it's entertaining, that's all that I asked for, they have lowered expectations, that's honestly my, my you know, the Mad TV skit where it's all lowered expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's my personal uh, theme for a lot of uh, moviegoers today. It's lowered expectations. Uh, and because their expectations are so low, Hollywood can turn out a very mediocre or below to average product. And if they find it to be entertaining, doesn't matter. It's going to make billions or millions of dollars. And people are still going to eat it up. They're going to keep coming back for more. Why should Hollywood, why should these studios try harder to make a unique or interesting product when they can just do half asset and make, make a boatload of cash? Yeah, I agree with, I agree with part of that, but I, I agree, uh, but I look what's going on with Disney. I mean, look what's going on with these fucking live action, uh, remakes of their animated films. Yeah. I heard those haven't been very good, but like they've made a lot of money though. That's the thing. They made all this money and it doesn't, you know, even though audiences, you know, they, some of them have spoke, uh, not very kindly about them. They still went and saw it. I feel like when it comes to, I feel like when it comes to stuff like special effects though, I feel like audiences have raised expectations compared. I think they've lowered them to be honest. Because there's a lot of audiences today who have no respect for the older, uh, for a lot of practical effects. There's audiences today that give a pass to some really mediocre or bad CGI. Yeah, There's maybe. audiences today who look at effects from the 80s and think it's bad CGI or, or, or you know, criticize it and say it's cheesy or whatever. Yeah, I'm always blown away whenever I see those old 80s movies like Terminator is a great example. Or not Terminator, but Robocop is a yeah. great example of, uh, you know, the pr- practical effects. Like, you know... There's that one scene at the end when Dick Jones gets shot out the window. But other than that, I mean, <laughs> what the, the stop fuck? motion. What the fuck happened to that dude's arms? His arms, like, yeah, no. they lengthened it's, so much. It's he's like, like Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my brother always used to rewind that scene as kids and look at it and just laugh our asses off. Be like, what the <laughs> fuck happened to that dude's arms when he flies out the window? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give you that. But everything else, I mean, 
Even the suit by Rob Bottin, it's a great-looking suit, great-looking design. Poor Peter Weller was sweating his ass off in there so much that he had a fucking fan installed in it. Dude, I... Uh, and he couldn't even see, because he could only see through that little tiny visor. So he was basically blind half the time. And he had to do, like, 50 or more takes of just a simple scene of Robocop grabbing the keys for the car. The So the police chief throws the keys to Robocop to the police car. He's supposed to catch them. And then, you know, he's off on his uh, first patrol. Well, because the gloves are rubber... And they're they're unwieldy and they're kind of you know it's, it's big. <laughs> Peter Weller had the hardest time like catching these keys, so they had to do like fifty or more takes just to get that one scene where he catches the keys and it looks great. But you don't think about like how many fucking takes and then you're just I'm just imagining being in Peter Weller's shoes. You're just you're fucking hot and sweaty. It's a, you're you're shooting this in Dallas, Texas, in the middle of the fucking summer. It's over like 90, 100 degrees outside. It's uh, just as hot, if not hotter, inside the suit. And uh, here we go. I do catch these fucking keys again. 